So hello everybody and welcome to Don't Burst My Bubble. I'm your host, Josh Ascroft. Now we've got a guest on the show today. He's a guest that you know and love, a fan favorite, you could say. However, he was upstaged by Ben Golliver, my last guest on the show. And statistically, he outperformed this previous guest, but oh my god, what's that? Is that... Is that Hunter Davidson's music? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? Ben Golliver. Yeah. Can you hear this? Is this coming through? Okay, cool. <laughs> That's my audio bit. There we go. Hunter, like Hunter Davidson is back on the podcast. So, it's okay, man. It's good to be back. We'll see if he can take down the the current, the reigning champ, yeah. Ben Golliver. A uh, lot to live up to, Hunter, but I believe in you. I want my belt. First yeah. and foremost, no, I want to sure. <laughs> reclaim it. Uh, yeah, maybe I'll do that. I think you're gonna get a different theme song intro uh, every yeah. time you come on the show. We're gonna do that a is dope. Different theme. <laughs> okay, so uh, Hannah, we can kick things off by talking about the very new news um, mm. that Brett Brown has been fired by uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and it is also looking like Elton Brand is uh, the GM is going to be moving into a different position in the organization. Would love to just hear your take on that uh, with what's going on with, with Philly. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think we all kind of saw this coming a little bit. Uh, little, you know, the pro- you know they trusted the process and it uh, it didn't it didn't really work. <laughs> it didn't it didn't really work. No, it. It worked to an extent in in a weird way. They actually put together a bunch of good players. They drafted some good players. It just so happens that none of them fit together. Like, yeah, ge- genuinely, it's so strange, and they're in such a bad position with Al Horford's contract, uh, with Tobias, Tobias Harris's Harris. contract. <laughs> Tobias Harris's contract is, I think you could argue that it's the worst contract in the league because you've got john wall blake griffin is not yeah. a good contract yeah. um Ru- i mean russell westbrook chris, and chris paul chris both paul. on huge contracts but i don't know you know in um four years time they're going to be paying tobias harris 39 million dollars that season in four four years from now that's going to be happening i don't know what tobias harris is going to look like in four years yeah, it's not going to be 39 million dollars how old is he oh that's a great question i actually don't know how old tobias is let's see tobias harris is he's 28 so he's going to be okay. 32 which isn't that old but i right. don't see tobias harris getting any better yeah do you see his ceiling years. being much higher than what it's at right now i think it might have been last year might have been <laughs> ceiling. so i think Uh-oh. that this is probably the worst possible position <laughs> to be in i think that their best chances of sort of getting rid of that contract would be you've got to hope that there's a team out there that believes that tobias harris will continue to get better or will at least stay at, at this level that being said like does his brain even work anymore after that hit like after that fall that ooh, he had yesterday ooh. where he just <laughs> smashed his head into the ground but like you, you know hear it you know who i could see paying tobias harris 39 million dollars who the new york knicks i that's exactly who <laughs> I, I thought you would say but i think yes. tobias harris 
could be a uh, a marquee player at the Madison Square Garden with the New Yeah, Bears. and you know, push him to the power forward because yeah. Lord knows they don't have enough power forwards in uh, <laughs> in New York right now. So, um, yeah, you know, great pick. I can I can imagine him working just super well with RJ Barrett, him, <laughs> Julius him, Randall, him, Julius Randall, and Mitchell Robinson. Man, that could be a problem. A fun, that team. fun big three. <laughs> that team, you've got to be watching out. They could be winning like 22, 23 games a year. That's yeah, that that's that's gonna be that's a pretty tough roster to come up they, against. They might be a ten seed. Yeah, they, they very well could be a ten seed. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe maybe they make the eight seed one year. I don't know. There's there's there would be hope yeah. of that happening. I think. And we've kind of talked about this on a previous episode, but I think it's looking more and more likely now that I'm very intrigued whether this new coach that comes in, a new GM, whether they sit down and decide, like, okay, we really need to blow blow this up, or whether they're going to say, like, okay, we've got... I personally don't see the point of doing one more year because I I think that while Brett Brown wasn't the ideal coach by the end of this process, I don't think Brett Brown is the reason the that Ben problem. Simmons and Joel Embiid aren't working together. I just think that their games don't align, and I think we're going to come to the point of, well, maybe we can get rid of simmons or Embiid. likely i think if you do trade one of those guys you're probably going to be doing like a two for one probably ben you can probably you maybe you could get more like you could get a good amount for ben right now um you probably try and get back two guys you probably just want two guys who can shoot the ball super well um so that you can stick them yeah stick them right Embiid. yeah absolutely um so i I, I really don't know. I think that Philly have, with the Tobias Harris and Al Horford contracts, I think they've screwed themselves for the next five years, probably, realistically. G- I don't think that's a GM job that I would necessarily be chomping at the bits for. I wouldn't want to be picking it up, that's for sure. I think that, God, it's just ne- neither of those players fit into the way that you would even want Philly to be playing with an Embiid on the floor. Like, yeah. Tobias, I can can shoot the three, but not super well. And Al Horford, I would never want him on the floor at the same time as Joel. Yeah. I don't think there's, like, a single time in a game that I'd be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. What we need right now is less spacing and to clog the paint more. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's... Yeah. When, when Simmons, Horford... Embiid and sometimes even Tobias are all on the floor. You you got four dudes that like to post up, that yeah. like to play with their backs to the basket, and it's like that. You know, I don't know if that's a Brett Brown system thing or if you just got all these guys that just naturally revert to putting their backs to the basket. But it it, it seems like <laughs> that's not what you want. It it's not what you want at all, and I think that I they they've done fine in terms of like recently drafting like i would absolutely keep hold of matisse theibel i think right, that yeah. while he could be very valuable in a trade i think that he has the potential on the defensive end to be all defensive team every yeah. year in two years time for the next five six years he'll be on an old defensive team but i think that with i mean the rest of the roster i guess keep josh richardson around he played pretty well in the yeah. bubble um other than that though i think it should just be like oh my god let's try and blow this up and but it's also it's it's rough because i think that 
I personally think that Embiid could want out at this point. You know, yeah. we, we see it. Bigger, yeah. bigger players, these centers, they don't have the same shelf life as uh, other guys, especially like the guard position. I think with a guy like Joel, his shelf life isn't the same. We see it with centers. Their prime does not last as long a lot of the time as smaller guys, guards, and wings. I think that Joel's time to win isn't by any means close. Like, Joel Embiid isn't right. old. Like, Joel yeah. is 26. He's still 20s, yeah. But if I were him, I think, like, his real window to be Great. the best big in the game is probably the next four years, realistically. So he also said in an interview after the game which I thought was really interesting the way that he phrased it. He said, well, I've always said that I want to end my career in Philly, but if that doesn't happen, then, like, you know, things happen, you move on. And that's, like, that's a interesting <laughs> statement to make. Yeah, I mean, in those post-game press conferences, he just looks, like, sad. He looks Very so sad. sad. Sad Joel. <laughs> sad Joel is being a... A recurring theme, and it, it's crazy because in this whole process, um, the Sixers have never made it out of the second round. Right. That's like that is a dreadful position to be in for what you told your fans was going to happen. Essentially, of like you've just got to trust right. us. We're going to tank a little bit, but then we're going to be like absolutely competing. And coming into this year, everyone thought that they were going to be championship contenders. Right. Or a lot of people did. And then they end up getting swept out of the first round. And, you know, part of that is Ben Simmons' injury. But I still think they would have lost in six, five or six, if Ben Simmons had been there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them necessarily beating Boston just because they have Ben Simmons back. I don't think that's going to just magically solve all the problems that are there. I, like, I'm so confused by Joel Embiid. I'm so confused by him because, it, like, the first half of every game he played in the series was like, oh, Joel is he's here, man. He's he's punishing dudes. Second half of it seemed like every single game, nothing. Yeah, I think I see that as a conditioning issue. I think part yeah. of it is that I don't think Joel Embiid is a winning player. I don't think that he I think he maybe has the desire to win, but as soon as winning kind of gets slightly out of his reach, he's like, Okay, well this game's over. I don't, I don't see a lot of drive in him to come back from deficits. And I think that also he just looks exhausted 25 yeah. minutes into every game. And that's a huge issue when it comes to the playoffs. Like, you really need to be in playoff shape. Good and shape, yeah. You know, he, he's, you know, we have the restart, and that's an issue on, on that end for some players, for sure. But I think that maybe he needs to lose some weight or, like, just... I don't. Maybe he run. can't condition. Like I don't know. Yeah, I think Joel just needs just to be doing suicides run. for the whole the whole summer. Well, I guess we're not even in the summer anymore. I'm just used to yeah, saying all that fall. with the playoffs. But all, all fall, Joel just needs to be running around Philadelphia, um, like, Rocky. like Rocky, Rocky style. I think Joel Joel needs to be out in the streets of Philadelphia. Maybe we get in some like, Bunch like of a kids. pack of kids is following him. He runs up the stairs. He can do the little shadow boxing at the top. I, I do think like that that's what Joel needs to do. I think that he needs to come back 20 pounds lighter and just like a conditioned machine. Yeah. Um, and stop diving I, around so much. Stop diving around. And also just like, 
I, I don't know. Here's an idea, Joel. When you're posting up Kemba Walker, don't don't settle for the turnaround fade <laughs> yeah, away from the free throw line. Yeah. Just just take him all the way to the hoop. Just he's five eleven, Joel. He's like <laughs> he's he's five. You probably could have stepped over him without jumping. You could have literally oh. just taken a step over the top of him, and instead he's like, "Oh no, this is going to be my best look." Is this turn around fade away? But if if Kemba jumped as high as he could, arm fully outstretched, and no disrespect to Kemba, obviously, no, no disrespect. Joel could easily not even leave his feet and and hook that in. Like hundred percent. It doesn't 100%. make any sense to me. So I want to ask you, uh, who do you see? in the coaching carousel stepping into that Philadelphia 76er spot? Oh, that's that's a great question. I don't know if you saw, it was being floated around. This is, I will get back to the Sixers in your question, but it was being floated around by the Nets that, I know Jawan Howard was mentioned and he came out and made his statement that like there's no way in hell that he's leaving Michigan. Right. I also saw the Nets talking about how they want Greg Popovich, but I don't see Greg Popovich Popovich Why would he, yeah, I don't see him ever leaving I, the Spurs. I don't see that happening. But in terms, in back to your question, just because I thought that was kind of odd. Yeah. I think that it's tough because I think that the front office, it, it's difficult to make a coaching decision when you have no idea what your roster is necessarily going to look like because you don't necessarily know what system is actually going to work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that if you want to do like a total we are going to blow this thing up and we are going to stick with either Simmons or Embiid and then we're just going to load shooters around them. I could see a Mike D'Antoni working there. I could, I could see because I think that unless the Rockets win the championship, I think this is D'Antoni's last year with them. So I can see I can see him. I know Tyron Lue is being floated around as an option. Um I, th- I don't think that he would be a bad decision. I, th- I know that he has good relationships with players, too. And I think maybe he would work better with an Embiid. Um, I think that Embiid kind of needs a coach who's going to be in his corner and uh, fight fight for him, even when Joel doesn't really want to fight for anything. For himself. <laughs> yeah, so I, I maybe a, maybe a Tyron Lue. I could maybe see that working, but... Let me play you a guy sure, that has... Favorite zero coaching experience oh but is excellent. still is still the most qualified person for this job please <clears throat> alan the answer iverson as the head coach hire him as head coach <laughs> <laughs> surround him with assistance make ai the face now you got now you got culture back in Philadelphia. I was, I was about to say for the culture. Yeah, I, you got I culture back at Philly. You I got Joel it. Embiid. He, he's not going to quit on Allen Iverson because if he quits on Allen Iverson, then he's going to lose the support of everyone else. That's true. I would just be fearful that Joel would try and replicate Allen Iverson's game and he'd be <laughs> doing like crossovers out at the perimeter like that is true break dude's ankles i mean joel's got his new signature shoe now so i don't know maybe oh we'll, really maybe we'll who's he signed with puma is Un- he a puma guy? under armor he's an under he's big. You, dude i i don't know if a sneaker will have possibly i think clay thompson's shoes from china will probably sell Alta. better than they'll probably sell better than joel's signature um, under armors <laughs> Under Armour, not known for their Under Armour, the processes. Game. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I actually don't even know what they're called, but 
Um, I for the culture, I do not mind <laughs> that idea. I think that now I, I <laughs> be think careful here. I like the idea as well because I think that it could put Allen Iverson back in a position that he should be in because. Allen Iverson, as I understand it right now, essentially has, like, no money, and he kind of got screwed after retiring, and, like, a a lot of things went on in his life, and I I think that that could be cool, bring bring him back, like, change the culture of Philly, I think that he probably would have a lot to teach people, Um, I don't know if I see him as an NBA head coach, yeah, he might not be an X's and O's guy, but that's why you surround him with assist. You know, you keep Jacques yeah. Vaughn on as an assistant. If he he probably wants a head coaching job, I imagine after this. Yeah, I I think that could. Or wait, work. Yeah. I was, I'm I, talking about Brooklyn, but maybe you maybe you say, hey Jacques Vaughn, they're gonna hire yeah. someone else as head coach in Brooklyn. You can come be co head coach. Co head coaches. <laughs> that's what we need. Maybe we can do a co head coach of Allen Iverson and Charles Barkley. They can run the sixes together now you're talking now chuck now, floated out mo cheeks earlier oh i actually don't mind that i'm okay i'm probably more on board with that than i am with ai i don't know but i i how about what was her name Brittany hammond the, the girl coach from san antonio yeah i i think it's probably a i mean it's definitely time that we actually have a head coach yeah. in the nba who's a woman i mean you there's enough uh, bef- without getting too much into it the nba does have a real issue in the sense that 80 percent of its players are african-american and i think there are four african-american head coaches in the league and no shout out women. Dwayne casey shout, yeah shout out but so i i would love to see that i think that would be a, a great move i think that i don't know if Philadelphia's the right sissy for that to happen, <laughs> though. i j- I just think that like most toxic fan yeah, base in like the they, world. That's that's my exact point. Is like they regularly boo their own <laughs> yeah. team at home, that's and a good point. I think that if you gave them any excuse, <laughs> like I, then I think that that could become really toxic very quickly. But right. I, I like the idea, and I think that maybe with any other fan base in the league, I would be like, yes, that's a yeah, great okay. idea, <laughs> but. In, in Philly, I just yeah. I can't see that working. I just think that, that yeah, something would somehow go wrong there. I think the other option, I think Joel's maybe just like a free spirit, and you just let him do it. Like no head coach. I think player coach, play, Bill player Russell. coach Joel. Joel, I think his coaching wow. strategy would be like, okay, Give guys, so board. I'm I'm gonna shoot 15 threes a game, and I'm <laughs> I'm also gonna take all of the post touches. I don't really know what the rest of you guys are going to do here, yeah. but I don't know. Maybe if I turn the ball over, you guys can run yeah. back on defense. Yeah, you guys can play. You guys can run around in transition, but every play that's drawn up is going to go through me. It, it will be <laughs> run through me. So I think, I think that's probably uh, what I see happening. Yeah, Joel Embiid, play a coach. I think that's the move. I don't, um, like, I don't mind that. I don't mind <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's uh, the the main other thing that I wanted to talk about this episode was the unreal Mavs Clippers game that happened Your yesterday. Boys. That was potentially the best basketball game I've ever seen. Um, wow! And in in terms of individual performances, yeah, that was 
for a, a 21-year-old in his fourth game in the playoffs, not to mention all of his other games in the playoffs so far have been great right. too. Other Tremendous. than he went out in game three with an ankle injury, had already put up a triple-double at that point. I thought, this is what happened to me. I would love to hear your experience of watching the Mavs game. So I was watching it, and we got to about... It was partway through the second quarter. I didn't know that Chris Stapps wasn't playing. It was a late, like, late, late decision. Yeah, it was game time decision. Right before yeah. the game started, Chris Stapps isn't playing, which I didn't think was going to be great to start with. And then the Mavs <laughs> are down. They're down 21. 20. Yeah. They're down 21 was the biggest Clipper lead in the second quarter. And I came, like, this close. Or People are on audio. I came within an inch of turning off <laughs> the game. I was like, this is so, this is just yeah, sad. Painful. This is not yeah. what I want to watch. And then the Mavs just start mounting this comeback kind of out of nowhere. Backed by Luka, who was playing like the best player in the league against... Against what is largely considered the best defensive team. The best two defensive wings in the league, for sure. Definitely, yeah. And, like, it's so weird to watch, because especially on... Luka is... His speed is underrated. He's not a super quick player, but he has a quick first step. And I think... And he he can really explode. And that got taken away yesterday by the fact that he was playing on this injured ankle. But it's just... He has this crazy ability to be able to slow the game down to his exact speed but still blows by guys and they can't keep up with him my favorite moment in the entire game came when mark jackson i believe was talking about he was like if i was Kawhi leonard it was like maybe seven minutes left in the fourth he was like if i was Kawhi leonard i'd be saying to doc right now Luke is my guy. I've got him for the entire rest of the game. And then you see, like, it actually, as he was saying that, Kawhi, like, points at Luca to say, like, I got him. <laughs> yeah, I'm checking Literally him. five seconds later, Luca blows by him. Maxi Kleber had set a screen and just takes it to the basket and won. And I was like, if Kawhi Leonard can't stay in front of this guy... Who can? Who can? And... It's weird because I think that at times it looks like the Clippers are playing really bad defense, and I actually don't think they are. I think that Luka is just kind of transcended to a, a level of play that is like, I'm not sure that he can be stopped by anyone. Yeah, he, he kind of just like slides around the court. Like he moves so yeah. smoothly around the court, and it's like, like you watch guys like Russell Westbrook in his prime and... De'Aaron Fox, who are clearly so fast, like could be Olympic yeah. sprinters. And it's like, Luca is obviously not like that, but it's still, you talked about that quick first step, and that's all it takes. If he gets one step on, on you, like, forget it. He's at the hoop. Um, and of course, I, I think I turned that game off a little bit in the second quarter. They were down, you know, 20 or whatever, and I watched Trey Burke brick a three, and I was like, eh. Yeah. yeah, and then I, I turn it back on end of the third quarter, and I'm like, "Oh, everyone is hot. Everyone is hot. Um, they were not missing, and that was fun, man. Try I could watch Trey Burke and Tim Hardaway score points in the NBA all day. It, I think, in a weird way, without Chris Stapps on the floor, all the Mavs could do was like, "We're just gonna shoot. We're just Shooting, gonna surround baby. Luca with shoot, shooters." 
and we pray they get hot at some point. And it's a bet they that did. Houston makes with the way they play, mm-hmm. and it works. Like, mm-hmm. to an extent, like, just statistically, if you have good enough three-point shooters, if they take enough shots, you're actually going to end up scoring just a ton of points. And I think the just the way that Luca delivered down the stretch yesterday... I was letting out noises. I wasn't aware my bo- <laughs> I wasn't aware my body was capable of making them. Uh, I was shouting. Like yeah. there, there were times where, like, there were two points where, like, Luca took step back threes that he airballed, and I was like, "What is oh. happening? Like, please stop!" Like, we have mounted such an incredible comeback here, and I thought that we were gonna do what the Mavs always do, and we were gonna throw it away in the final two, three minutes of the game. And it was just going to be like, well, it was a really great performance, but ultimately didn't eh. didn't close it. And then we, we get to the final play of the game, and Luca really has been getting wherever he wants on the court. Everyone knows it, it's going to Luca. And then, like... Uh, there were was originally nine seconds on the clock. They get the ball yeah. in, and the Clippers had a foul to give. Perfectly timed that. You end up with 3.4 seconds on the clock because Marcus Morris had hit that three right beforehand. Um, you end up with 3.4 seconds on the clock. Kawhi is on Luka. Maxi Kleber actually makes a tremendous Great play. Screen. He screens Kawhi and manages to sort of push him into the basket so he can't go over to double. Get that switch, baby. Gets on Reggie Jackson, who oh. Luca had been dancing with all game, having the time of his life every time Reggie Jackson switched onto him. And you've got to you've got to ask the question, maybe if Patrick Beverly's in that game, maybe if Pat Bev switches onto him, maybe Luca doesn't hit that shot. But the shot it was incredible that in the 3.4 seconds he had time to get that switch he had time to cross over twice and hit that step back and i thought there was no way that it was going in when it left his hand i didn't think that it was necessarily like the best shot he could have taken because we were only down by one i i was I would have been happier probably with a drive to the basket. He'll probably get a foul or maybe he'll make it. When that shot went in, my neighbors must have thought that someone was killed in my apartment <laughs> because I I stood up from my couch and just started yelling, oh my God, oh my God, like with other expletives thrown yeah. in there too. But it was, I... It was goat stuff. It, it mean, got you way, off the couch for sure. It yeah, got me off the couch. It's it's way too early to talk about that, but just the way that Luca is able to control a game with no fear at all at age twenty one is truly unheard of, really. It's the likes of things that LeBron did at twenty one and what the the goats of this league have been able to do. And I actually I'm speaking as a Mavs fan here, so this is biased to an extent. <laughs> but this Mavs team, they like each other so much. It's mm-hmm. so clear that their chemistry is awesome. Uh, they clearly are all in on each other, despite definitely being a less talented team than the Clippers. But I think that if the Mavs come out swinging in the next game, I think they can win the series. And I think that 
partially because I think that the Mavs are so all in on, like, we are done. We are not going to be bullied by this team. We're going to play our game. We're, we, when we play well, we can beat them. We've proven that now. I think that they're coming off such a high energy from that last game, winning without Porzingis. If Porzingis plays in the next game and he feels fully yeah. healthy, I can see the Mavs taking it. Because in combination with that, Paul George is broken. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I think it. He's broken. The, the series is largely going to come down to is Porzingis going to come back at 100%, like you said, and uh, what, what the Clippers are going to get out of their boy, Pandemic P. George Paul. <laughs> George Paul is out there, and he is... <laughs> oh, boy, he looks it's, bad. You see him, he started, despite the fact that when we came into the bubble, Paul George made a statement that he was like, this is the first time I felt fully healthy in years. Like, he, had his, he, had his, he had his shoulder surgeries at the beginning of this year, and he was like, I'm fully healthy now. I've never felt better, ready to go. And then we saw two games ago that ice appears on the shoulder all of a sudden. It's, oh, he's injured, of course. That's the reason. <laughs> then he makes that post on Instagram where it's like, why is every... like?" He was like, I'm confident with who I am. It's like, <laughs> why, it's like, why are you guys all thinking about me? Like, that's weird that you're even doing that. It's like... One, it doesn't scream security when you start oh. making posts on Instagram about how people shouldn't be thinking about you. And two, like, Paul, we're all thinking about you because you're an NBA player in the playoffs, buddy. <laughs> and you were third in MVP voting last year, and you're averaging, like, 15 points a game in the playoffs. So what's happening? Like, you got to imagine Kawhi Leonard is is beyond unhappy he's like pissed right now right? i think Kawhi right now is looking at the raptors of the east having just seen them sweep <laughs> the net if Kawhi is on that raptors team right now they're for sure beating the celtics i think it's going to be a really yeah. good series between the celtics and raptors right now but with Kawhi back on that raptors team they win that series for sure and then you know, I the, they beat the Bucks last year. I don't see why they wouldn't do it again. It, right now, that Raptors team, if you added Kawhi to it, would just be a healthier Kawhi with a better supporting lineup because it's yeah, the they same. All got better. But they all got better. So yeah. I think Kawhi right now is looking at the East and going, "God damn, I should have never left." Mm. Because you've got <laughs> you look at the run that he's about to have to go on, and Kawhi is playing out of this world. He's averaging like thirty six points a game in this series and looks. That's another thing. I mean, Kawhi's mid-range has been automatic for a while now, but it was so disheartening for a Mavs fan watching our players bust their asses trying to get points on every possession. Like, oh my god, like, working the entire shot clock, getting a shot, making it, and being like a sense of relief. Like, oh, yes, we got some points on him. And then five seconds off the shot clock Kawhi dribble like takes two dribbles yeah. into an elbow fires mm -hmm. bang automatic every time and it's just like so well like what are we meant to do about this guy but then that's the thing if you've got Paul George out there who's playing the way that he's playing there's just like I You're don't know why collapse I, on Kawhi a little more you would think that like that's what I was thinking is as the game was going on like, I'm cool with us doubling Kawhi and letting Paul George shoot right now, because I think that would freak him out even more. Like, I, <laughs> he I used to be thinking. Yeah, I think just, I, I think that Paul George is in his own head so much at this point that I I just don't 
No, you would think that he... Just by laws of averages, he should be having a 30-point game some point soon. But if you mm. look at the trade that the Clippers had to do to get Paul oh, George... We were looking at that yesterday. Five first-round picks? Five first-round <laughs> picks. Wow. SGA. And Gallo. Uh, yeah, those are good and players. And Gallo. And I think if you're on the Clippers right now, I would probably prefer to have SGA and Gallo right now running oh, on that team. Without a doubt. Without a playoff doubt. Playoff P. He is... It's so strange as well because he also made that statement where he was like, oh, but I'm not a James Harden. I pride myself on both ends of the floor, which is a really weird thing to say because James Harden's on a great defensive run. People keep shitting on James Harden. Yeah, I know. I I don't know what... Paul Paul George seems to think that every time... Like, he's going to drag down another player and that's somehow going to make him better. But every time, (laughs) it just makes the other guy better and Paul George continues to be bad. Yeah, I don't uh, know what happens with him. He seems soft. He seems soft to me. He does. He and, he, seems, and he didn't yeah. seem soft when he was in Indiana. Like, he seemed like a tough dude when he was going up against those Heat teams. So, I don't know what I happened I think maybe it's, maybe it's something in his head that he's like, because he's no longer the number one guy, I, I don't know whether that has affected him mentally yeah. in some way, that he's like, he feels like he needs to be more reserved for some reason. Like... I, I don't know, but because Paul George is the kind of guy who should be able to average in a playoff series 27 points a game. 20s, yeah. Like, and also just wreak havoc on the defensive end of the floor. I'm not sure that the Mavs have really felt his defensive presence all that much in this series. Who's it's, he checking every time, Tim? Who's he guarding down the, down the floor? Yeah, it, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of Tim on him, and then... Vinny Smith. I... Yeah, Seth Curry. Finney Smith. Seth Curry. It's the, th- yeah. It, it's strange the 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 Clippers should have been such a matchup nightmare for the Mavs, but I I don't know. It, it's such a weird position now that I am, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm all in on the Mavs and maybe they're gonna win the title, but <laughs> like like maybe that happens. Like that would be cool. Um, he still got to get past LeBron. Very true. Assuming he gets past James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, yeah. That being said, which I, I think is an, another point to make, is that I think the Rockets are a nightmare for the Lakers, but also the Lakers are a nightmare for the Rockets. It's like a really yeah. weird... That's going to be a really strange series because I don't know how either team defends the other one because the Rockets every night are just going to shoot 63s, and if they make 25 of them, they'll win the game. Game over. Yeah. And then... But then... I don't have a clue who on the Rockets is going to be able to slow down LeBron or AD. Yeah, or even, like, Dwight Howard. That's the thing, though. I I think the Rockets will be able to play Dwight and JaVale off the floor completely. I think that if... I think if the Lakers have any chance of winning the series, you've got to run AD at the five, like, basically the whole time. I think that's your only option. Put Kuz in the side some. We might get some extended J.R. Smith minutes in that series. Oh, I I think you would be almost guaranteed more J.R. Smith minutes. I think Dion and J.R. would be coming out to play in that series. (sighs) Boy, oh boy. So, yeah, I want to hear your your take on on Boston. Just really quick, Boston and Toronto. Oh, sure. Um, I, I like Toronto 
in the series. I actually think that... I think that Gordon Haywood being on the Celtics, being with them for that series, would have potentially swayed my opinion, changed my mind, just because I think that Gordon Haywood is a really low-usage player, but you can count on him to play good He's defense. Productive. yeah. Very productive, can facilitate the ball too. I I think that that maybe changes things for me. I think that it's difficult because Tatum, Brown, and Kemba have all been playing super well. But also, I'm I don't think that Sixers series really presented much of a challenge to them <laughs> because there was no one on the Sixers who could check Tatum really. Tatum, I mean, they played. Yeah. Yeah, they played Thibel on him, and Thibel, bless his heart, played his best. But he's also a rookie, and like he's also has no presence on the offensive end of the floor yet. Mm-hmm. I think the Raptors have much better options to put on. Ta- I think I guess you put Siakam on him, um, is what I would guess. I think that the Raptors have a little bit more depth than the Celtics do. And I think yeah. that's where I mean they scored a hundred points. The bench scored hundred bench points. Yeah. Ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. So I think I think the Raptors have it purely because I think that they play elite, elite level defense and they have a superb bench. Because at this point with the Celtics without Gordon Hayward on the floor, you start seeing more minutes from the likes of um Robert Williams. Robert Williams, Grant Williams comes out to play, un- unrelated mm. to each other, but um then uh, Wanamaker ends yeah, up getting Brad minutes. Wanamaker. Brad Wanamaker ends up getting extended minutes, and I'm telling you right now, Fred Van Fleet is gonna torch Brad Wanamaker. Oh my god! Like it's not. I don't, gonna I don't be like watching Wanamaker. First of all, because he's like the same build as Kyrie, and their numbers, the way they tuck him into their shirts, like they look exactly the same on the court. So that always makes me mad. Yeah. I also uh-huh. just think he's like the same type of player as Kemba, but just like clearly not as good yes i i fully agree with you and i think that the raptors are just gonna be able to exploit that bench to the point that like i don't know maybe you're gonna be having to play tatum brown and kemba for 42 minutes a game if you have a hope of winning that series because yeah i i think that you start looking at the raptors bench and you've got like Norman Powell, which yeah, they're, they're twelve guys or, deep. Like yes. uh, when when you're twelve guys deep like that, you're gonna. I, I have to imagine you're gonna have a lot of luck in the playoffs when you can dip into your bench so easily. Twelve guys deep and without really a missing component on defense either, which I think is Definitely. pretty essential. It's like there's not ever really a Raptors lineup that I see where I'm like, well, that guy's a liability out there on the defensive end, mm-hmm. like. They have a couple of younger guys who aren't... They don't give you everything that you want on offense. But I think that they have uh, a way of just being able to be like, okay, well, it's going to be Fred's game tonight, or it's going to be Kyle's game tonight, or it's going to be Siakam's game. And I think that there's potential that Jason Tatum can be the undisputed best player in this series, but I still think the Celtics will lose it. And I just... Yeah, I, I think that... Very unlucky with the Haywood injury, and I think that they just don't quite have the bench pieces necessary. But I think that it's going to be six or seven games. There's this isn't going to be a short series. I th- yeah. I think that I think it'll go back and forth. I think that, and then I guess I'm saying Raptors in seven is the roundabout way of fun. what I'm saying. Fun, 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 That's fun. what. What do you I think like about that. it? 
I think, um, you know, I think Boston has more star power, and I think Jason Tatum is, if he's not already next year, he'll be in that top tier of toughest guys to check in the NBA. Like, he has so much in his bag. Um, but it's hard to argue against Toronto's depth, and even, like, they're starting five. Um, is it, Do we get word on the Lowry injury? Because uh, I, I know he hurt his ankle been, or something. Yeah, it, I don't think they've elaborated much on it yet. As far as I'm aware, it's a minor ankle sprain, though. I, do, mm-hmm. I don't think it's, like, an extended thing. Maybe he'll miss... Um, a game or two. Uh, I, I, maybe he'd miss a game. I, I, don't, I don't think it would be more than that, though. Uh, still though, like when like when Lowry, Van Vliet, Siakam, and Gasol are all like clicking, and then you can put in a second or even like a third unit and barely miss a step, like that is so tough to beat. So I think I'm with you, and I and I'm I'm thinking Toronto in, in six or seven. Yeah, I I want to quickly as well. Um... Before we before we go, I want to get a quick take from you on who's winning Lakers Blazers tonight. And also, I just want to quickly say, how about Donovan Mitchell dropping another fifty points? And also, Jamal Murray put up fifty two, which is pretty crazy. Jamal, yeah, had... Jamal Murray has the best wrist action on a jump shot of any player in the NBA right now. It's it's ridiculous. Maybe it's that fat wristband he wears that makes it look yeah, crazier. May, maybe. I don't I don't know. I agree with you though. He's got a nice nice follow through. So pretty to watch. Um, it's just like he's just incon- like inconsistent. Yeah. That's the only issue with Jamal is that he just needs to do that. Well not that, but he just needs to not go from okay, I'm going to have 50 tonight and then we're gonna have 14 17, tomorrow yeah. that's that's the issue yeah. i agree i like tonight i like uh i like the lakers i think the lakers are gonna win i don't think the blazers will win another game this series i just think oh, lebron okay. i think lebron was caught sleeping especially game two um but i think he yeah. he he's he's back he's he got his feet wet again he, he remembered what playoff basketball was like and uh you know, if AD can give you more than 24 points or can at least be efficient, like shoot over 50% from the field, I don't see the Lakers losing again in this series. Yeah, I I fully agree with you there actually on that one. I think that unfortunately, I think right now the Trailblazers have run their course. I think that it was a valiant effort, but I agree with you. I think Braun is back and he's ready to play. And then final question for you, do the Heat complete the sweep on the paces tonight, or does Indiana get one? I think Miami will sweep them for sure. And then so who do they have? They have Milwaukee next? Yeah, it will be Milwaukee. Assuming that the Magic don't come back from 3-1 on Milwaukee, <laughs> which, you know, could happen. Wave Vucevic is out there. Could happen. Yeah, but, man, yes, Vucevic it will be a Bucks heat he is. Yeah, that but could yeah, be Bucks that could be a, a fun series too. I, I'm interested to see how Miami schemes that defense against Giannis if they can pull off what what Nick Nurse did in Toronto last year. Yeah, I think that they should just watch all of those games from last year and then just try their yeah. best to do that. And then I'm I'm just excited. I want to see I want to see the Heat go through. I want to see Eastern Conference Finals Duncan Robinson mm-hmm. out there is what yeah. I want. That's that could I'm be scary. About. That could be that scary. That could be scary Dun- stuff. Duncan Robinson finals MVP? 
It could happen. We don't know. There's yet. A, we live in a world where Duncan Robinson could win the Finals MVP, which if, that would be again. It's something incredible. if you had said last year or two years ago, you would have been like, yeah, like you you actually could say it this year, and it would be like, well, it's not likely, but like maybe I'd put five bucks on it. Like I don't yeah. know. Like maybe. Yeah. What are the odds maybe, on that? I'll let that oh, ride. Honestly, odds on Duncan Robinson to win the finals MVP right now, you could probably win like a million dollars. Plus 10,000. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds great. Let's get on that early. If that, if, <laughs> Let's find that line. Yeah, okay. he'd make, it, he make it to man. the finals. We got to get on that. Okay, for yeah. sure. Uh, okay, so I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Hunter, thank you for being here. Reclaim it, the dude. throne. Washed oh, King, Hunter, Hunter Davidson ben, is back. Ben Golliver, come for my title, Ben. <laughs> I swear to God. There we go. Hunter, the new reigning champ, he's back, yeah. everybody. So, uh, Hunter, I look forward to having you on uh, whenever I next have you here. Yes, Thank you. I Great do takes, well. as always. Uh, appreciate it. So, I will, I will see you shortly. Bye-bye. Okay, we're out.